Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. There's so much grief that goes into your healing journey, but grieving who you were and how that person is no longer going to show up is part of like your healing journey, and it's hard. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet, over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. For many people, the holidays stir up a range of emotions and old wounds. This is particularly true for parents while they sit in front of their children, seeing their own struggles and triggers being reflected back to them. It's a window, an opening for us to be curious and to heal. So if you're clicking play right now, when this episode is released, we are in the holiday season, but I know that my podcast continue to be downloaded throughout the year. So this episode talking about healing while we are also in the parenting mothering role is going to be relevant no matter what point of the year you click play. Before we talk about today's guest, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for clicking play, for leaving me a review. This is truly how people find me. And it's also how I know that you are tuning in and that we are talking about the things that you want and need. So while you are here listening, I'm going to ask you to pause now. And if you've listened to other episodes, or maybe you do this at the end of today's episode, click the stars, let me know, leave me a few lines. So I know you're out there. And also, so other people can find the podcast here. Okay, I am sitting with a fellow therapist and Instagram creator, Abby Williams. This isn't our first time that we have sat together as I've appeared on her podcast, You the Mother Podcast. And one of the things that I deeply appreciate about Abby showing up in this space is that she shares so much of her personal journey in terms of her own healing and navigating difficult relationships with her mother. Abby Williams is a behavioral health therapist. She's the founder of You, the Mother, the podcast, and she's the author of An ABC of Families and Mother of Four. She is committed to supporting, empowering, and connecting with mothers in all seasons of motherhood. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast here. Tracy, thank you for having me. I We have connected for so long over on Instagram. You've been on my podcast, and I love sitting with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So, okay. For people who don't know you, let's do three things about you. Sure. So I am a behavioral health therapist. I'm a mom of four, which is bananas. And I um, run, I'm the founder of You the Mother. I'm over on Instagram at You the Mother. I have the You the Mother podcast. 
Um, I do coaching over on my website, youthemother.com. And I just love sitting and connecting with all parents and all seasons of parenthood. And it's my jam. I love it. Your podcast just offers so much. And so does your Instagram space. So anyone listening, please go check it out. Um, The shares are one of the reasons why I really wanted to sit with you on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So season four, we are focusing all on the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, the podcast has been about just helping women in general, helping mm-hmm. women improve the dialogue in their life. And just knowing how much we struggle when we enter into motherhood, yeah. I knew that sitting with you would be such an important conversation for us to have. And I think I want to start there, which is just how beautiful you share on Instagram in terms of your own journey, your own healing journey. And I wanted to bring that here. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your own healing journey as it means to you in motherhood. Yeah. So I think my healing journey was like a long time coming, but didn't really start, I don't know, maybe like in different pockets it started. Um, But I grew up in a home where there was addiction, there was emotional abuse, um, emotional neglect. I grew up in a lot of chaos. And so coming into adulthood, you know, I think that we bring these inner childs, these little people with us and those inner children that are inside of us come with some things that maybe were used to protect you in childhood and maybe they're still serving you in adulthood but maybe aren't the best for you I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it there of just this you know these things that we do today Mm -hmm. were adaptive as kids yeah yeah right because as kids that that's what that's what we need we need to survive right and so we develop those things And also because as children, I mean, you and I know this as therapists, we have to inherently hold our parents as good Mm -hmm. because we're trying to survive in that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I still do in a sense. Um, So I have been no contact with my mother for three years. Um, And my, my journey into motherhood started when adulthood started for me. So I don't have adulthood outside of motherhood. Um, I got pregnant with my oldest when I was 20 years old. I had him when I was 21. It was a hard experience into motherhood. Um, because I think my relationship with my mother is very complicated. So you never kind of know what version of my mother you're going to get. Is she going to be the super supportive, over-involved, you know, very, very there for you or nothing? Um, Shaming cuts you off the silent treatment and you never really know which version you're going to get. So I went through that dance with her for nine years in my adult while mothering. Um, And that was my entrance into motherhood, which I talk about all the time um, for other young moms, because I think a lot of us go through shaming, not support. There's a lot of stigma around young motherhood and like unplanned pregnancies, um, you know, just like the whole gamut. So I find out I'm pregnant when I'm 20 years old. I was very much shamed by my family of origin. Um, They ended up kind of coming around before my baby was born. They were there. Um, And then we kind of had this like dance for nine years. Um, I lacked boundaries. I was a people pleaser. I tried to 
overproduce or overperform. Maybe if I just get this degree, if I if I do this, if I accomplish this, then she'll like me, right? And so you know, so this think- pattern will stop, <laughs> right? right? right, right. And, and that, yeah, that's what we do, and because we we have that hope for our relationships, right? Like we, absolutely. you know, absolutely. I think we can really normalize that. That most right. people will say, "I want to have a relationship right. with my family." Yeah. yeah, and I definitely, I still struggle with that. I think, um, mm-hmm. but I think. And that's like, you know, when I kind of was talking about, we have these pieces of us that are serving us also like in our life, you know? So while I'm sitting here, like maybe if I do all these things, I'll get my mother's approval, right? It was propelling me forward and it was helping me like in my life, right? So now being on this healing journey for the past three years, um, and doing some really, really hard work in therapy, you go through these different seasons of your healing journey where you start kind of shedding some of these adaptive behaviors that you've picked up. Um, maybe you put down some of these fighter responses. I was me. I was a big fighter. Um, for does others, that look like, what does fighter <laughs> look like? So I, I think I know what it means, but I'm curious if people listening, they might not know. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, I think my, I go into like fight mode when I'm like, that's my trauma response. Um, I see like crisis and I like run to it, right? I'm going to overperform. I'm going to fix it. Um, maybe I'm fighting my family to understand me. I'm sending the text messages. I'm sending the emails, right? Um, for others, you know, I think there's a freeze response. There's a flight response. There's a fawn response. Um, and also normal, whatever is your response, you yeah. know, so, so normal. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using loop 
loop engaged to help dampen the sound around me. And these loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's shrink, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Um, so for me, I was the fighter and I think I was just like in survival mode. I was a young single mother. I'm trying to get the approval of my family. And so once I started on this healing journey and now I'm in a safe space, I'm married, we're financially stable. I do have other loving relationships. So I'm safe now. Um, and I'm air quoting safe. Um, I, was able to, I guess, kind of put down this overproduction, overproducing version of myself and rest. And I had to like kind of grieve some of these pieces of me that I was putting down Mm. that weren't serving me anymore. You don't have to be fighting and in survival mode and getting the people pleasing and just living like for other people. It wasn't serving me anymore. And I had to put some really firm boundaries around them. And it it was, you know, I think like there's so much grief that goes into your healing journey, but grieving who you were and how that person is no longer going to show up is part of like your healing journey. And it's hard. I think that's so important that you bring that up. Grief, right? Grief. It's grief. It it is 
it is hard. It's hard to kind of step into that space and mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to do something different, something different for me and my kids. And yeah. it, it's, it strikes me there, Abby, in the sense of like going into that fight mode and like paralleling the transition of being a new mom as well. Mm-hmm. I think of just my own identity and how hard it was coming into motherhood of like, am I enough for my kid? Am I a good enough mom? Am I getting this right? Do they love me? Do they like me? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like your parallel, your, your sandwich between your experience as a mom with your child and then your experiences with your own parent. Yeah. And that can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. Right. So what were some of the, the hard moments in that then in the sense of like, because you said I had to recognize that my fighter served a role, but I had to grieve letting go of that part too. Yeah. It looked like depression for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a really, really hard time um, because I also had like a lot of life circumstances, I think, going on at the same time of when I finally like hit my breaking point in my relationships of my family of origin. Um, And I think it's like really complicated because my mother uses the silent treatment as a form of punishment. So the silent treatment was going on and I was creating boundaries around, I can't live in relationships where the silent treatment are showing up anymore. And at this point, my oldest was nine and it was now affecting him. He was expressing feelings um, around those things as well. So now my mama bear self has to come in and say, okay, we have to create boundaries around this. So it's really hard when people are like, did you cut off your mom? And I'm like, how do you cut off somebody that's not talking to you? But there was like kind of this break um, in our relationship. There was a clear boundary that was stated and we can't always control how people react to our boundaries. Sometimes they don't respond, and that is a response. Um, Sometimes they fight against your boundaries. Sometimes they don't respect your boundaries. And sometimes you have this great, wonderful situation where your boundaries are received, and I hope that that's everybody but me. But if it's not, I hear you, I see you. So we had some boundaries. I'm like, where was I going with this? What was the question? <laughs> I'm thinking about the boundary piece though, because yeah. one of the common struggles that people have on this healing journey yeah. is they don't respect my boundaries. Yeah. What, what do we do? Where, where do we go with that? Mm, that's a hard one. What do we do when people don't respect your boundaries? I think it's okay to say, I can't show up in this relationship where I don't feel seen or heard or respected. And that was the case for me as well. So I'm, I'm curious, Abby, because what did you do then with that fallout? Because you said there's three things that we could do, which mm-hmm. is, or three experiences, perhaps they, they don't respect it. They push against it or they do, they respect your boundary, but how do you deal with that fallout when they don't? Because I think, I think that is, you know, I'm thinking of someone, a question recently that I received, which is like, how do I deal with that guilt? Like, what do I actually do in those moments? Yeah. Where it's so difficult. And I'm like, okay, just keep doing the thing that I always do. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is easier. It is easier. Uh, I want to like say that if you are the person in your family that starts to step out of that role, 
and you say, I'm going to do something different because this isn't serving me. This isn't good for my, uh, my family that I'm creating, my children, my husband, my partner. Um, it is so hard. What you were doing is brave. It's hard work. And it takes so much out of you. It is brutal. And it's beautiful. Mm. Once you get to that other side of all this hard stuff in the beginning, it is better over here, I promise. And it doesn't mean that you don't have grief and all these other things that come in waves, you know, because I think our healing journey is going to be forever. Um, I think that we're going to have these waves of grief that come over us at times. Um, I know like the holidays are coming and those are hard for a lot of people. Um, But I think like for me, when I was coming, when I came to the realization that no contact or Stop ending the relationships that or not showing up in the relationships with my family of origin was what was best for me and my family. Um, I immediately got into therapy for myself. And one of my first therapy sessions that I sat in was I sat on that couch and I was like, how can I make sure that this doesn't impact everybody else in my family? I was still worried about everybody but me. How can I make sure that this doesn't affect my brother, my sister? How do, how do they not be put in the middle of this? Right. And it, it's inevitable. This, there is going to be a ripple effect. Um, and I think, you know, while I don't want those pieces of me to ever change where I do have empathy for others. I do care. You know, I think like that's a huge piece of me and I love that piece of me. I don't want that piece to go away. You have to get a little selfish in your healing journey. What is good for me? What is good for my boundaries? Um, And maybe that means I don't have conversations about mom with my siblings. Maybe I don't have conversations about other things with other people, you know, because that's not everybody's same experience. And as much as we want people to see us and understand us and hear us, it doesn't always happen. And then we're like setting ourselves up for failure, I think sometimes. And it's so hurtful. It hurts. Particularly when it comes to the people in the dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. And and, Mm -hmm. and of course, there's nothing more validating when you can turn to a sibling and say, oh, mom. And they're like, yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Me too. Right. 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 Except then it is still repeating the cycle Mm -hmm. and it's still... It's the triangulation, it's the putting one everyone in there, it's the enmeshment, right? Rather right. than saying, you know, our relationship as siblings is separate and we can do that. And yeah. then my relationship from mom and your relationship from our parents, it's going to be separate as well. And yeah. that's okay. But all oh, those kind of unhealthy dynamics, we just all want to fuse together. And I think this is something that our generation is really doing differently. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I mean, you and I know this, this information isn't completely new, like Bowen's family therapy, his book is 1978, right? Oh. So, but the spread of information is much quicker and faster. Yeah. And we're yeah. learning this information and, you know, thinking of the the years that we were born and now information being available and us not wanting to keep repeating these intergenerational trauma experiences, these I always use the example of like a wool coat, right? This wool coat that's being passed down. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't like to wear fur. I don't like wool. I don't want to wear it anymore. Right. And that's 
face of guilt though, hey? Like it's, guilt it doesn't guilt. mean it's bad. Right, right, right. I know I just did a podcast episode with a mom guilt with another clinician, Erin Morrison. And we talked about like leaning into mom guilt and how it can be so used for good. But I know we have guilt because I think we want there to be a relationship. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be on this healing journey. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have to be healing from anything. Yeah. You know? And like for me, I think like the grief, and I think that we all go through grief differently. Um, and I think your healing journey will have different pockets of grief. For me, the grief that comes up is I grieve a mother that I didn't have. And sometimes I feel guilty about that. That she didn't show up for me that I the in the way that I needed her to, you know, like in the way and that I, your needs are 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 too much or they're right. wrong. Yeah, right. And you know, because I think that you know, especially like being a clinician myself, I can look at her so objectively and really understand her. I understand mm-hmm. her. I understand what her limitations. I have so much compassion about what she's been through and why she is the way that she is now, how these are her trauma responses. And I totally get it. And I can't be in a relationship with you. Yeah. Those two things can be true, right? Like yeah. that understanding that it, it is that that compassion. And I think sometimes we we mix that or blend that together with if I have compassion and understanding for you, then I should then just I, be in the relationship. <laughs> right. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. The, yeah that's just the, mom. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And right? so that's where I think I was for a really long time. Mm. Right. And I think I would make excuses or, you know, just really go to bat for her in certain situations where I took on some of this like parentification growing up. Mm. And I was more of like a friend or a confidant than your daughter. And I really needed more, you know? And so I think like once I got to adulthood and I started being able to communicate my needs and then they're like shut down and just like, oh my gosh, you're too much. You're too sensitive. You're the problem, you know? And you were like shamed for having needs, you know, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, I deserve more in a relationship. I deserve somebody who is going to listen to me, who is going to respect me, who's going to love me, who's going to even like me, you know? And so, yeah. So I think that like the grief that comes up um, and the guilt, I think a lot of us who are on these kind of journeys um, with our parents have guilt, especially now that we're mothers, because now it's not only just affecting me, it's affecting my children. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? My child doesn't have a grandmother or I don't know. We, we only see them certain times or maybe you have very strict boundaries, you know, and I think those things get really complicated and it's normal to have those feelings. Be compassionate with yourself for having your feelings. They're valid. You know? I, I'm, I'm thinking of like this image almost of like someone on this journey is standing on this like a line almost. And it's like, if I step left, I'm going back into the old patterns. Yeah. But stepping right leads me to show my children what it means to be treated with respect, what it means to have boundaries and uphold those. And for me to even self-respect, right? 
And right. like standing on that line is incredibly uncomfortable. Like yeah. that's where like all that guilt, um, the grief, we don't like to sit in grief. We do not like to grieve. We don't like uncertainty, right? Right. And I think what you're saying here, and I, I'm curious, Abby, what else you would add into that is like the first thing you need is to have compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not to lump yourself and say, oh, why are you having these feelings? Why are right. you doing this again? Why? Like, oh, just get over it. It's not that big of a deal. It's yeah. like, no, hang on. I would never say that to a friend. I would say to a friend, yeah, it makes sense that you're having these feelings. Yeah. 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 Mine was like anger, especially in the beginning, oh. but like in therapy, I was like, I just want to press the fast forward button and get through the anger. Cause it was like yeah. consuming my whole life. I'm like, I can't just sit in anger all the time. What am I going to do? And so, you know, I think lots of therapy, uh, movement is really good. If you're sitting in anger, movement is really great to yeah. move that emotion and allowing yourself space to feel those feelings. You know, I think that like, to feel like anger, like yeah. to actually feel anger though. And it's yeah. not like, don't, don't give it other things. Let yourself yeah, be just angry. sit there and be angry. And I think, you know, because we do that with so many uncomfortable emotions, like you just said, you know, I think if you're in sadness, anger, this grief, you know, pain, hurt, betrayal, you know, these things do not feel good to sit in. Um, but when we allow that space, we allow them to move. We allow them to sh- shift and feel different. There's that piece there around what women are taught about anger. We learn an unhealthy way of dealing with our anger because anger needs space. So we vent it out. And Mm -hmm. then we're referred to as bitchy or grumpy or, you know, how many of us were ragey teenagers or whatever it is, right? Right. Or we suppress it and we hold it in Mm -hmm. only to what? Build resentment, self-abandonment, you know, like not living aligned, yeah. Versus this other experience of letting yourself be angry. Like how powerful it is to say, say to someone, I'm so angry about this. Yeah, it is powerful. And you, do, and of course you're angry. Your anger is valid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is valid and uncomfortable. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's the piece here, right? It's like just sitting in that and like, oh, if we could just speed it up and make it go faster, but yeah. I, you know? Yeah. I think we can really relate to that experience, Abby, of wanting to yeah. just like, can we just get to the, like, <laughs> we just... And it's really time. hard when you're like on these healing journeys and you're having these uncomfortable emotions while mothering. Right. You know, right. so I'm like, when I started, when I went no contact with my mom, I was 14 weeks pregnant with my last baby, who's my number four. Mm-hmm. I have two toddlers and what, a nine-year-old? And then my fourth baby was born in January of 2020, seven weeks before the world shut down. Mm-hmm. Then the world shuts down, you know? So like, I, there was just so many things <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. I feel like I was just like in survival mode for a little bit until like 2021, it kind of like depression kicked in and I was just not well. Um and which is and, also too an adaptive strategy though, right? You right. can't stay in survival mode yeah, for that not. long. So my body just like literally was, we have to, we, we need a reset. You need to be sad. You need to be angry. You need to heal. You need to take care of you. And, you know, so I think like if we're not taking care of ourselves, your body is going to kick in and make you take care of yourself. Yeah. So go take care of yourself because your children and you and everybody around you that is great deserves you to be great. You know, Mm -hmm. you deserve to be here. This world needs you. Yes. You are important. 
And you were important enough to go get the help, to take care of yourself, to take the 10 minutes break, you know, when your children are driving you nuts. You deserve that. But I also think that being on this healing journey while really hard while mothering has been such a great opportunity to teach my children that these hard emotions are hard, but it's okay to feel them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had the, the crying session at the kitchen table with my husband where my youngest, he's two and a half now, comes in. Mommy's crying. And I'm like, yeah, mommy's crying. Mommy's sad. Like, yeah, mommy's sad. And you know that like normalizing emotions I think is such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we get so caught up in that we have to be these perfect moms all the time. We have to be happy and fun and we can't lose it. We can't be rageful and we can't, you know, be these messy versions. But I think that there's so much power in all your messiness and making sure that you're using them for good. You know, the repair, the apologies, how how different my life would be if there was ever a repair or an apology. My life would be completely different, oh, you know? So different, right? It's just that. And so I think like also those things and being able to bring those into my motherhood is such a part of my healing journey. It, 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 okay, so I think what we're tapping into is this reparenting piece here too. Right, right. So it's a big concept. Yeah, it is. What does it mean? Like, what, what, does that, what does that actually look like if I'm reparenting or, or how you reparented yourself? So I think that, so I have one child that I feel like is very much like me as a child. Don't they just show up for you? Yeah. They just like, <laughs> this one, one of my children, she is little Abby. And so I feel versions of my mother come out when she is acting like me. Right. And Which it is, is totally normal. Totally normal. Totally normal. That's what our brain does. Our brain does that. And it's so wild. Me. It's so wild that it happens because you're like, why would this happen? I know how damaging this is. I know like what I needed, but I can feel this like anger and these triggers being tapped at me. Right. So when she's showing up as just a, child who is messy and doesn't know and <laughs> hasn't learned all her tools yeah. yet, right? She's doing everything that she's supposed to be doing. She's age appropriate. And so is your child. And so I think like our children show up, their little, their little trigger pusher selves, and we're able to be these versions of ourselves for what we needed and what our child needs. And that's reparenting to me. So being able to show up when she's having a hard time and she's having emotions and it's inconvenient to me and I want you to shut them down, pressing the pause button, going and taking my deep breaths so that I can show up for you, right? Showing up for me first, saying, mom needs a minute, hold on. I go, I take my minute. Or maybe it's the, we got to get out the door right now and I have to do some repair work later. You know, I think that there's going to be lots of different versions of this and it's not going to look pretty and great every single time. That's normal too. Um, but I think being able to show up for them the way that little you also needed, being able to talk to yourself in that moment when you're being triggered that like, oh my gosh, it's chaos in this house because <laughs> I have four kids and it's always chaos. And being able to say, it's chaos here. I'm safe. I'm safe now. Mm-hmm. 
tapping in with my partner. Hey, I need you to hug me real tight and let me know I'm safe right now. Yeah. Sometimes that's a reparenting thing for me to help me regulate and then go about and be able to deal with the children. Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> tapping in trying, and letting him take over. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. trying to get your needs help. met today, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's that difference there of recognizing that I can't go back to my parent. Yeah. Um, and I can't go back. But I'm an adult now and I can offer myself the things that I need. That I need. And, and, and actually giving that to yourself, right? Compassionately. Um, I think of all the clients I sit with and all of the mothers saying, you know, why do I need this? I shouldn't need this. And it's like, this is a normal human need. We all need to be, to, we all want to be seen and heard and soothed. loved, soothed. Yeah. yeah. To feel secure and connected. Yeah. 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 And I think like those evolve as we get older, but you still need them. Yeah. You still need them. Yeah. And I, I really like that you mentioned something here, Abby, because something I commonly hear from people is this I, I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah. And I think what you said was I was financially secure. I was more emotionally secure with my partner. I had loved ones around me. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you don't have food and shelter, um, if you're not physically safe, you can't ask yourself to do the other higher things right now. You have to acknowledge where you are. And sometimes that alone is an act of compassion by being able to say, you know what, this relationship with my parent is so toxic right now. And I still need her to, or him or them to offer daycare three times a week. So I'm going to find the way that I can work this for myself because I still need that. Right. Like it's not this let's blow everything up because then you go into a state of overwhelm and you're still going to shut down. It's instead acknowledging, this is where I'm at today. I can't tackle that piece yet. I'm not there yet. And that can be a beautiful space of giving yourself permission and grace. Yeah. That was a great reframe, Tracy. Thank you. I hadn't looked at it like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to be more compassionate about that piece of my story from now on. I think that that's so true. You know, yeah, like thinking back to you were a young mom who was in the middle of her bachelor's program. Then you went on to your master's program right after. And it was a lot. It was a lot. And I don't really know what my mom was doing to help with any of those things that I needed her. But I also don't think I could have survived what I did these past three years Mm -hmm. during that time because I was... It was hard. It was really hard work. And I think that we talk about these healing journeys sometimes as this like badge of honor and bravery and courage and like, you go girl, like you're on this healing journey and it is great. And it is, it is, but it is brutal also. It's brutal and there's so much grief and it's lonely and it's isolating and you really do, it takes so much stamina and strength. And I do hope that if you are on a healing journey right now, you do have a safe space and you do have love and support somewhere that you can tap into. Even if it's, you know, these online communities that are so great, you know, there's so many great Instagram accounts or communities or Facebook groups. I don't know about, um, there's TikTok creators that create so much TikTok, you know, content around this stuff. 
wherever you find a place to plug in and just feel seen and validated, I think is so important. And it's yeah. a hard, hard journey. And, and with that, if I frame that into the couple space as well, that with your partner, remembering that your partner isn't supposed to know what you need on this journey, right. but you, you can practice labeling it, which is going to them and saying, I need you to hold space for me. I'm thinking of like that reel where it's like holding space, looks like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> but it, it's, um, it's just therapy jargon that we I use. Just, I know. Know. <laughs> but, but right. But in the sense of like, I'm coming to you, my partner, you're the one I trust. Mm-hmm. And I just need you to put your phone down. I need you to just listen. And I don't need you to feel like you have to problem solve this or yeah. fix it or do anything with it. Just let me know that you are hearing me and maybe give me a hug or hold my hand yeah. or remind me that we're in this together. Yeah. And that can be so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do one more question. I'm mindful of our time. Sure. I'm, I'm pushing it with this question. I just You're okay. People will often ask me, how do I know when I need to cut contact? And, mm-hmm. and like in our therapist world, like you and I know that the answer to that really is it depends, right? Yeah. Because anything yeah. you say here does not necessarily relate to over there. So right. I'm just curious, like what you would want people to consider yeah. in that question. So I know, cause I, I think, you know, your experience is your experience and everybody's experience is going to be so unique when is your rock bottom of these situations, right? And like, okay, now I have to cut contact. Um, We all have an event that might have led to the cutting off of a relationship, but it is often not just one event. This has been going on for a long time. And so I think asking yourself a couple questions. Yeah. So I think asking yourself a couple questions of this is who this person is. If this person does not make any changes ever Mm -hmm. in their whole life and their relationship with me, am I okay with this relationship? Am I going to keep showing up in this relationship? What kind of boundaries can I put in place to protect myself in this relationship if I want to continue this relationship? Mm. How will those boundaries be received? How am I going to navigate when my boundaries are not received or disrespected? What am I going to do, right? Um, And so I think more like fireproofing than is it, am I cutting off, right? And so I think, you know, I... I feel like I kind of went through those things, right? Um, my boundary just was not acknowledged at all. And we haven't talked in three years. Yeah. You know, um, there's going to be things that are said about you. Um, how are you going to deal with those things? Hmm. How are you going to deal with the guilt and the shame that comes up? There's going to be lots of people that don't understand that do guilt and shame you. Um, how are you going to navigate those? I hope that you navigate those knowing this wasn't you. You're not the reason that this relationship ended. Hmm. Especially if you are the adult child in the relationship. I think, you know, like I said, there's, if there wasn't one event that happened, there was lots of events. Yeah. And often when it gets to the point of cutting off a relationship, 
you have communicated your needs, your feelings, your boundaries lots of times. Several times. Yeah. So once like we kind of go through those things of communicating our wants, our needs, how I, you know, our feelings about the relationship, how you're making me feel when you're doing X, Y, Z, here's my boundary. And they're just continually not, that's not you. Mm. And you don't have to take on that guilt. Um, and I think, you know, I used to really sit in the bucket of just wanting people to understand, you know, and so I just like, if I just said this, then they would understand. If they just, if they just heard this story, then they would understand. People operate from their lived experiences, right? And so now I like, I think I'm in the point of my own healing journey where I find appreciation for people that don't understand Mm. that you've never lived through situations like this, that you couldn't even wrap your head around having to cut off your own mother. Yeah. What an impossible choice to make. That's the person that's supposed to be the most supportive to you. Uh And to say that is not the most supportive or healthy person for me. And I cannot be in a relationship with my own mother. That's an impossible choice that you made. And so, you know, I just think that, you know, being on this healing journey and taking time for yourself, recognizing how how these hurts are showing up in your body, taking care of your body, moving your body, feeling your feelings, um, and, you know, what can I do to feel better? How can I better boundary myself, right, I think is so, so important. I'm so grateful to be able to sit with you today, Abby. I just know, I know you've done so much work in this area on yourself, on you growing and healing. And I think one of the most things that I'm grateful for is your willingness to share this with other people so others can say, you know what? I'm not alone either. And this is normal and there's nothing wrong or bad with me for having this experience. So thank you for showing up with me and with everyone listening today. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. I am so happy for any space that opens up conversations about this topic, because like I said, they are so lonely and so isolating. And I've been right where you are if you're feeling that way. Where can people connect with you? They can connect with me over on Instagram at you, the mother. Um, they can connect with me on my website, you, the mother, or my podcast, you, the mother. Um, I am also working on an estrangement project, which is going to be a workshop with three other clinicians. So if you are con- in the pre-contemplation or you are estranged or you've been estranged, um, make sure that you are following along because that is going to be so, so impactful. And I'm so excited to launch that. Um, I also offer coaching for people who are on this journey. Um, So you can connect with me over on my website and get scheduled for coaching there too. I will be sure to share all the links in the notes. And Abby, yeah. please let me know when the estrangement workshop is ready. Yes, so I, I will. can share it on Instagram. I'm really excited and, about it. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good one. Thank you yeah. so much, Abby. Thanks. I think the takeaway from sitting with Abby in this session is to ultimately find grace and permission for wherever you might be on your journey with your family. I know this firsthand sitting with clients. 
And one of the most common things that shows up for a client in my therapy room is they will express a wish or a desire or a struggle with something. And within the next breath, it comes out as a self-criticism. And you know what this sounds like. I bet you do this all day long. We're really good at doing this. So here's what it sounds like. A client might say, oh, I struggle when my mom guilt trips me. Oh, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm a grown person. Now, the piece here though, is that if we lose the criticism towards ourselves around our own struggles, we would actually move through our healing even quicker. So I wanted to share that with you as a reminder to acknowledge that critical part of you and also maybe be curious about that part of you. And also my go-to thing is bringing in compassion for ourselves. There's just so much power in being able to do that. So a reminder to you, only you can set and hold your boundaries and only you will know what is going to be right for you today. What works for you may not work for any other person. Thank you for clicking play today. I look forward to sitting with you next week. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care practitioner. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.